Oh, it's what's for dinner time. Oh my god. I am excited, as I'm sure you are too. Hi guys, welcome to this episode of What's for Dinner. Uh, our buddy Richard Chassler is a guest this week. Richard, very funny comedian, actor. Um, didn't even realize he was in the movie Hitchcock, which came out a year or two ago with Anthony uh, Hopkins. Like an amazing movie, and he was great in it. Especially now that I know it was him. Um, this was a fun episode. Richard's like an old school comic guy, so we... Uh, talked a lot about like road stories some of the worst times we've had on the road uh little talk about you know life on the road personal life you know dirty life some real not a stories you'll see you'll see allison's here of course adding her two cents which is really worth four cents and of course skippy green uh makes an appearance because you know what would a show be without skippy green and by the way, if uh, anybody listening hasn't heard yet, being on my social media, my new CD is out. It's called Welcome to Elbow. And um, today it officially went up for download on Amazon and iTunes. Or you can go to my website, flipthisfunny.com, and order the CD there. It's, uh, I'm very proud of it. Uh, and I, I'm sure if you get it, you would love it as much as the two people who've listened to it so far, too. And they're my parents. Anyway, enough of my rambling. You guys sit back, enjoy this episode of What's for Dinner with Richard Chesler. Bye bye. What's for dinner? What's for dinner? What, what's for dinner? Talking, talking about what's ever on their minds. Talking, talking about what's ever on their minds. You look minds. relaxed, brother. You look really nice and relaxed. Wow, it's that great music, man. <laughs> Is it great music, or was it Al- what Allison just gave you? Was that Miles David? <laughs> yes, yes, that was Miles Davis. He did a uh, did a guest track <coughs> for the podcast. Oh no, I said Miles David. Oh, Miles David. I, I said Miles David. Nope. Nope. Miles David. Yes, yeah, Miles David. David. The great man, sampling. Man, that was not like Jamie Masada used to do shit like that. He would say like, you know, oh man, we have uh, Robert Williams and. <laughs> nice. um, and uh, yeah, he would just Tony make, ha- like, make, make up names. Yes, you know? we, 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 Tim Roger, Hanks. He would say that like Roger Dangerfield and uh, uh, yeah, and, so and Robert Pryor yeah. would be here. Robert yeah. Pryor. I love it. Uh, he would go Pryor, Dangerfield. Who? Richard Pryor's gonna be here? No, Robert. No, Robert Pryor. Pryor. <laughs> we have a uh, we have Johnny Gigi Walker. <laughs> Johnny Gigi. Archie Schwarzenegger. Archie, Archie Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger would be. Well, he here. would be called Archie. No, 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 he'd be called Archie. Man, back Arnie. in the day, when did you start? When did I start comedy? Or, yeah, or out here. Comedy. Um, On my birthday in 1992. Oh, okay. So you started, and you were out here after the Laugh Factory was already rebuilt. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I so came here in January of '01. Oh yeah, you didn't know it as the tiny little room. No, I've heard stories about it. That's though. where I started. Really? Oh yeah, eighty-five. Uh, no, sh- is that when that opened? I thought no, it opened in the seventies. That's 70s. when I started. Oh okay, but the Holy factory shit, itself balls. opened in the seventies. Here right? in Los Angeles? Yeah, I started here. Well, you're, That's you're awesome. you because you said you're from the valley, but you're not. You're from the East Coast. Actually, from New York. Yeah. Family moved here. They fucking packed up and moved when I was like summer out of sixth grade, going into seventh grade. My sister was summer out of ninth grade, going into tenth grade. Oh, like, oh, could you bend your kids over like any Anywhere's, further? Yes. Really, right smack dab in the middle of. Oh. You're like the karate you were like, kid. You were like, I finally like made like I know who I am, and now you're gonna rip me away from everybody exactly. who knows who I am. Fuck. It, it is so true. I was saying, you're like uh, Daniel LaRusso from Karate Kid. Your mom just packs up in Jersey and drives you right out to the valley. I am Matt. Dylan from Over the Edge. Anybody? Ooh. Anybody? I'm so, I don't know that I, one. I'm, That's I'm okay. usually on '80s movies. I know it's is an, it '80s, an movie. '80s movie. Matt Dillon was. It was his very first movie. 
I thought My Bodyguard was his first movie. Over the Edge. And it was a movie about a bunch of kids whose parents moved them out to this area way the hell out, like Northridge, let's say. And, like, the place is still being built and being developed. And uh, all these kids have nothing to do but, like, you know, drink, do drugs, and fuck. And they're all, like, 12, 14. And at the end, they wind up, like, burning down the school. And So it's a happy story. It's a very happy story. Yeah. yeah. And the theme song was, ooh, child, things are going to get easier. Yep. Ooh, child, things, things are get brighter. It's a great song. Yeah, well, Someday, that's... Put it together and we'll get it undone. Someday. Things will get brighter. You didn't know we could do a round, huh, guys? <laughs> I don't know. Have you ever done one on the show? We should. Well, you got to have more talented people. Make new friends, but keep the old. I don't know. I don't know that one. And I went to summer camp. Oh, shit. But yeah, Over the Edge, Matt Dillon's first movie. Again, so, but did he like move? Yeah, his parents like moved him out to this area. So what are you going to, so what are you saying? You're the one that burned down the improv? I burned the improv down. Is that you? No, didn't somebody just confess to that on their deathbed? Oh, God. Hmm? I believe that the person who set the improv on fire... And by the way, to those who don't know the story, this is back in the early 80s, I believe? 70s. Was it 70s? Definitely. Okay, then late 70s. Um, there was a big uh, comedy club war, if you will, between the improv and the comedy store. This also during the time there was a big strike among the comedians. Which was 78 or 79. 78, 79. Right. Um, what's his name? Tom Dreesen was the uh, president of the comedians union at Correct. the time. And Steve Lebitkin jumped off Steve the roof. Steve Lebitkin jumped off the uh, roof of the Hyatt. The Hyatt was going to try to hit the comedy store and said he missed, fell right into the parking lot with a <laughs> note that said, my name is Steve Lebitkin and I used to be a comedian at the comedy store. Right. Oh my God, did he die? No, honey, he lived. He he's got a opening. He was, he's, got, he's emceeing Saturday night in Sir, the belly room. Oh my if you God. jump off the Hyatt, which well, is I didn't a, know if you didn't you didn't say if he had a parachute on or something like. No, it was he he committed because he he oh was because little side note in the uh, there was a strike. There was a strike you know, among comedians because yeah, yeah, yeah. they were demanding money from the clubs because the clubs cab fare in New York and gas money gas here. money out here because yeah. they were making money off the comics and the com- you know and, and the comics got nothing yeah yeah the co- and the right. clubs are saying well you have a chance to be seen by the industry and blah 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 yeah so um, yeah so then comics just didn't work and if you crossed the picket line you were blackballed among your peers so Steve Lubitkin was this comic who was getting time but he wasn't established enough to not work the you know not afford to work the clubs and yeah he killed himself to try to make a point anyway. Uh, so during this uh, comedy club kind of war between the improv and the store, uh, mysteriously, the Melrose Improv caught on fire and was burnt down. And, wow, um, I didn't yeah. know that. Oh, yeah. And for, <coughs> you, know, you know, in the improv now, in the, well, the old bar in the front where the, uh, the tables are, where Bud's table is, that whole section, uh-huh. that used to be the stage. When the club was burnt down, they used to put shows on right in that corner. And the showroom was being rebuilt by uh, comedians, actually. But wow! So wait a minute. So people comedians. would walk in that door. Spots, please pick up a hammer. Yes, pick up a hammer. You're a very Get funny a man. Rush. You're a very funny man. But can you hammer a nail straight? <laughs> oh my God! Hilarious. <laughs> you want to hear two pieces of uh, comedy, uh, uh, whatever you want to call it? What do they call that stuff? That's useless. That m- trivia. One hundred percent. Okay, so the bartender who was bartending the night of the fire at the improv. Wait, can I take a guess? Go ahead. Is it LM? It is not oh. LM. I thought it was Les Moonves. It is not the Les Moonves. The current Moonves. CBS president. He used right. to be a bartender at the Improv. No, oh, it funny. is Kevin Nealon. Mm. Right. 
Really? Really. And out of that strike was the birth of the first comics union called the PCA, the mm -hmm. Professional Comedian Association, which, like, I actually was a member of. Were you really? I when, yeah, when I started doing stand-up, it was still in existence, and uh, there was, like, maybe... I mean, I'm not kidding you. I could find my PCA card. I might be, like, in the high 16s or 1700s. Wow. Yeah, there weren't 4,000 billion comics running around at the time, you know? I, when I started in 85, in the PCA, yeah, maybe there were 2,000 members or something like that. Is that just in New York or is that No, it was nationwide, oh, but wow. it was kind of a waste. I mean, it was cool because, like, <laughs> they offered, like, programs on how to get health insurance and bullshit like that. And the thing that, like, you joined for was because you got this great book that had a list of every comedy club in the country, you know, all nine of them. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, they had a contract that you could give to the club. You know, sign this fucking contract. And if you double book, it's not my problem. And if you cancel me, you got to pay my... Nobody would sign that contract. Really? Not a, I don't think I ever got a single club to sign that contract. I don't know a comic who got a club to sign that contract. Really? Really. You know, I've really. always, like, for the longest time, I wanted to try, this is before I actually knew about the PCA, I wanted to try to organize some kind of union, because comics... We get fucked so often on the road. I know. The waitresses, those fans. <laughs> it's awesome. I mean, people who aren't comedians, you guys don't understand. Oh, oh, you mean... The bad kind the, of fucking. Oh, yeah. The in, bad in, fucking. In, oh, by the boyfriends when they... Oh, yeah. I know what you by mean. By the clubs. <laughs> by the clubs. By the bookers. For the, sorry. No, I've been double perfect. booked. I've been shortchanged. I've been put up in shit hotels. Uh, okay, so let's all tell... Okay, so let's all tell one quick story. Al... You're to date, Al. I love it. Wow. Al. You can call me Al. I was, I'd, I'd rather I, call I, you Betty. Well, you here's what happened. I was Betty. about to do a Paul Simon reference, but you gotta be quicker, Chastler. I didn't get there. I swallowing. I was swallowing dry spit. Me, yeah, that's what it was. Call me. So, Allison, your yes. worst <laughs> story to date, as in terms of getting fucked over by a club. Like something that stands out, or just a really bad one in your comedy history of getting fucked. I over. remember, and you know exactly. <clears throat> this was very early, um, six months, I'd say, and I maybe could even call it my twentieth time on stage. I mean, it wasn't I like a even, solid. I don't even know if it was that many. It was like fifteen. It, it was. It wasn't a solid six 20, months. It yeah. wasn't an every night six months. It was just an allotted period of time. Um, I uh, was in Tampa. With Flipperoni, Flipper was headlining. Uh, by the way, there was wax in there. I should have probably warned you. You're welcome. Anyways. Yeah, Flip. Why didn't you ask her first before you smoked? Yeah. Oh, I didn't smoke. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. You should know. So the um, so I was there, and the club owner um, wasn't there at the time. Flip had just asked the manager at the time if I could do a guest spot. And knowing that Flip as the headline... I know, am I kind of droning on? I'm sorry. No, 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 no. It was me falling asleep from the wax. It was a joke on the wax. Oh, okay, okay. Um, so, so you were opening so for Flip in Tampa. I was just doing a guest spot. Okay. But he didn't clear it with the owner. He just cleared it with the manager. And nobody knew what I did. All that they knew was that I had a guitar. And they said, I, you know, Flip said I'm a little bit, a little dirty. And um, so I'm on stage. I'm doing maybe the five minutes. And I close with a song about queefing where I say... You know, I, sw I, um, I swear yes. it came out my front for shoving Arabs inside my cunt. And it was at the time when I was really new and I just full on said cunt with like 
emphasis, you know, for shoving your up inside, my cunt. But keep going, don't be a punk. Mm. Sorry. Okay, okay. You, got, I, I didn't know I was going to be telling a story, and I got so really anyway, high a moment so. ago. So the fucking owner pulls me off stage. Um, well, not pulls me off stage. Pulls me out of the room after I get off stage. And, um, oh, no, he, he does it to you first, doesn't he? So basically, you she gets off stage, and the, uh, the club owner happened to walk in right as she said cunt. She, he didn't see her whole set, he which was well. his cunt. All he hears is cunt, and she did really. She she had a really good set too. I, it was How do you miss that? That's the punchline of the fucking story. He which just walks in at the end, punch. She hears her cunt, and uh, that's hilarious. I see him go outside, and I'm thinking, all right, he's gonna be. Uh, he's gonna be shitty. He's gonna be. To he's gonna be. So I go out, and um, he goes. Uh, he goes, so do you want me to bitch you out or bitch her out? And I and and I've been around, so I'm like, okay, I'll take the brunt. I'll totally. filter. I'll filter out the anger. Totally. And, and give teach Allie. me the valuable lesson I need yes. to learn. Totally. So for uh, now, again, yeah, I'm headlining. With a spanking and a mask. <laughs> I mean, what? So Did I'm, I say that out loud? <laughs> exactly. So I'm headlining. So while the feature's on for 25:30, literally the entire time, the guy berates me. And I'm taking it in, and I'm like, you're right. We should have cleared it with you. She shouldn't have said that, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, like, we didn't good. know We're better. Good. It always did well. Yeah, and, 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 I, and I know what he's saying. And, again, I know how to filter it to give Allison the, uh, you know, nicer version of it. So the whole reason I did this, though, is so he wouldn't say anything to her because she's still very new. She, and you know Allison. She's very – she wears a heart on her sleeve, so I know that – any mean words he would say to her would get blown a million times out of proportion. Well, anyway, and then I'll take over from here. He gets on stage, and he immediately taps me on the shoulder and goes, can I talk to you? Brings me out into the, into the fucking foyer, and literally the, the full hour is telling me things like, I will rip you off my stage by, by the microphone wire if you don't fucking... If you ever say those words on my stage again, what the hell? What makes you think that you can say cunt on my stage? And like, it's just literally yeah, the chewing. Yeah, PCA would have protected you from that. I know, but yeah, so that's my worst moment. I got, but I, I learned my lesson that, you know, I have to really realize that that's not always an acceptable word for every club. Ah, uh, who gives a cunt? <laughs> there you go. But well, that's no, my so, story. You Thank know, you for some... helping me speed it up, babe. It, yeah, you're welcome, honey. Boop. Flip, who fucked you over? Uh, fuck. Like for not having a contract, like what worst or just one that stands out for you? Worst gig or just worst no, fucked over? Like here, let me tell you mine, okay? Just speak from this conversation. This is what popped into my head, which is why I asked you. Okay. A long fucking time ago, I got hired by a guy named Stephen Dale, who I knew from a gig in Palm Springs I did, who was then living in Boise, booking a room uh, in Boise, Idaho. And I flew out there to be the feature act. No, I flew out to be the opening act. 500 bucks plus a $150 bonus for New Year's Eve. So I was getting 650 for the gig. Okay. Okay? And I'm sure the plane ticket costs at least eh, half of at that. At the time, it probably cost me 199 Oh, okay. Okay? This is literally probably 1988. Oh, I got you. All right? But I was happy to be doing a New oh, Year's Eve game yeah, in, in Boise, Idaho as the opening act. Bill Tucker was the headliner. This guy, Stephen Dale, was going to feature. Worst Elvis I ever saw. <laughs> I don't know if you guys know Bill Tucker. He lives in Vegas now. No. Okay, so we do the week. We do New Year's Eve. I go in to get paid. The owner of the club hands me my money, and I count it, and it's half, $375 or something. And I go, what's this? And he goes, well, that's what your contract says. And I go, no. My contract was for twice this, $650. 
no, here's your contract. And he hands it to me. And I swear to fucking God, it was not my signature. Stephen Dale had taken my contract, pocketed it, took another contract, filled it out, signed my name to it. What? Are you shit, man? No shit. I fucking went ballistic. Ballistic. I might have been 23 or 24, and I said, Stephen fucking Dale, get, get him in here right now. Yeah. Right now. And I fucking took my driver's license out of my wallet. He walks in the room, and I played it Jew cool, man, because I, you know, Godfather fanatic. Plus, I almost went rounds with Paramount about not being able to get off for Yom Kippur. So Steve walks in, and uh, I said, uh, dude. He goes, yeah. And I go, um, my contract, we can't find it. He goes, what do you mean? I go, well, he has something here that says 375 bucks. He goes, yeah. And I go, well, you and I both know that I didn't sign that contract. And by the way, this is my driver's license. I looked at the owner of the club. I go, that's my signature. That is not. I looked at Stephen Dale. I go, you're going to fucking give me my money right now or I'm calling the police. Wow. And what happened? And I can't believe you were fucked over by this other comic. Like, what a dickhole. Wait, hole. so did he, he pay you the money? I got the money. <clears throat> Good. Yes, Good. I got the money. Dude, that's balls. I love that shit. Can you fucking believe? Like, I mean, I've been fucked over other times, too. This all came up because of the PCA. This is why this all came up. You know, but yeah, that's what popped into my mind. I was Dude. like, I remember that one. I'll tell you my biggest fuck over. Um, I got booked to do a gig, a pr- like a big, big show in um, uh, North Carolina for this uh, radio show, this show called John Boy and Billy, which is like the uh, Bob and Tom of like the East, like right. East, East Coast. And it was in um, Asheville, Asheville, North Carolina, this Yeehaw. big place called the Biltmore. So this guy um, uh, found the me. the old Biltmore? Uh, not the old Biltmore. <laughs> uh, so this guy found me online, and he said, um, I can get you this. And I think I was, I was in uh, L.A. at the time, so this was around 2001. He goes, uh, I, I want to book you in this gig. You get 1500 bucks, and uh, they put you up. And I'm like, cool. He goes, you got to fly your own way. I said, all right. And um, so I, I'm excited. I get to the gig. I check in. I'm, um, long story short, I do the show. It's a great show. So much fun. Afterward, I see the guy that booked me, and he's, you know, really kind of gregarious and um, big. And, uh, <laughs> hey, fuck. Hey, Bob, that drinking and just acting like oh, the cock of the walk. Like oh, Jesus, yeah. But I'm, t- I'm a young kid. I'm like, ah, whatever. So, <laughs> sometime later, I'm talking to the booker, uh, the guy who put the whole event together. Right. And he said, um, let me ask you a question. How much money did you get for this? Zoinks. And I said, uh, <laughs> I, I, I got 1500 He goes, we paid $3,000 for you. And I said, what? He goes, that guy who booked you took half your money. And I was like, wait, what? And, I, and, and, and then he started telling me how the guy insisted that, the guy said, I insisted that he's able to come, that he gets free tickets and a free... Le- and then the guy took 50% of the money as a booking fee. And I found out after the fact. That it was Colonel Tom Parker. <laughs> could have been. Uh, yeah, I was so fucking pissed. You know, I wouldn't mind giving the guy, you know, 30%. That's fair enough. But yeah. 50? So he Roger Pauled you. He Roger Pauled the he shit totally out of me. He totally Roger Pauled well, you, Wow, that's man. very inside. But yeah, and I'm, I'm like, the guy had gone by that time. <laughs> but I just, uh, for, I hope the guy's dead. Uh, oh, that's terrible. Well, 
I mean, his career. His career as a booker. Who gives a shit? I hope he has cancer. And maybe that fifteen hundred bought him some medicine or dignity. There you, uh, go. you know what? If that's all his dignity costs, then no he's... karma is going to come back to that guy. Oh, I'm sure karma is going to run him right over. By the it's way, be your karma. I would just like to yeah run over his dogma. I would just like to <laughs> say in honor of Allison, what a cunt bag. What a cunty fuck. Cunt it up. Let's but all you know just what? cunt those, it up. Those are, I think, badges of Little honor. Little darling. <laughs> would you agree? Those are kind of like badges of honor, like uh, like things that you have to kind of go through as a comic to get. I'm, I'm serious. Yeah, bruises, man. It's like a it's boxer yeah, getting exactly. the shit beat out of you. It's like a surfer getting worked when you first start surfing, and all you do is paddle out, and the waves are just, <laughs> and you can't even get out there to get up. And your that, whole day is spent paddling yeah, out. Yeah, you, but but the fact that you go back out the next day and you try to catch that wave, exactly. that's what being a comic's about. It's just, that's what it's about. You, all right, you got fucked. It happens. You, you can't let it you know, ruin your whole life. Fuck him, fuck them, and keep going and it, prove him wrong. You seriously, know? if you have even... I mean, I don't even know where the soft spot. I don't even know where that soft spot is for me in the industry. I don't think it exists. You know, like I can look at my family and start crying because, oh my God, whatever those issues are. But I look at the industry and like my skin is like metal. You know what I mean? Well, I yeah, you've been, been in it long enough. Worked, yeah, man. But even back then, like I got in at a time where there were not a lot of comics. No shit. Not like I'm a hundred, but when I started, honestly. It was like 1980, February, really, of 86. But September 85, or October 85, I think was the first time, but February 86, like two or three months later. That's when you put the effort in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Mark Price. That's how I was. I was a guard at Paramount, met Mark on the set of Family Ties. Mm -hmm. Next thing you know, I was doing stand-up. I was studying acting with Stella Adler. I was doing Shakespeare in the Park. You know, Stella's my cousin? Well, Stella trained me, wow. and we need. We we'll, talk about you at the family meeting. We'll talk. Oh. We'll talk about that. Is that true? Yeah, like we're uh, my family's Very. related to the Adler family, oh, but like third, she's fourth my cousins. Goddess, like she's the reason why I can g- get me in the room. Look, I mean, you know, I got to play Martin Balsam in Hitchcock. I mean, and I had to act, motherfuckers. You know, that's a great part. Too. That's what I do. I didn't see it. I heard you it's also amazing, didn't though. come. You also didn't come see the show I did over I the summer know. with Tim Allen's we, wife we, Jane Hashduck, who is so brilliant. My God. I would work with her a hundred times. She's such a great actress. What show was that? This Tim, good. This him. was a sh- he invited us to a show. Yes, we were like at a time. Our timing was all off. Like we just couldn't. It was around. It was last year, right? This past summer, I started in a play here in West Hollywood. I got lucky. I like got a call. They were in rehearsals. They fired the lead guy. Turns out the lead actress was a brilliant actress named Jane Hodgduck, who's married to Tim Allen. Oh, right. So it was really... I remember that. Yeah, we were out of town. Right. You guys were out of town or you were on the road, whatever it was. But yeah, anyway, so So Stella Adler. Yeah. God bless her. My fucking... God, she was a goddess. Even in Uh, diapers, she was amazing. (laughs) (laughs) I have heard those stories, my friend. I got some. So, okay, so... You started in 85, and there yeah, were not, not a lot not of comics a lot of around here. back then. And I was, like, on the road flying around as an opening act because you were making five, five fifty, oh, six yeah. Yeah, when for I, a week. When I started, they were still, they were still bringing in opening acts. Yeah. Like, they I don't mean, really do that anymore. I would fly in. They wouldn't fly you in, but right. they would put you up. And it would cost me, again, 179 bucks 
169, 189, whatever for the plane ticket round trip to Kansas City. Oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah, I would fly to Michigan. Now they the, just rape you. No, in the here prices. is here's really you want to get funny, you really want to learn how to do this job right. I would fly to Michigan, rent a car, or I'd fly to New York and borrow a car. Book myself six weeks, seven weeks, eight weeks out with John Yoder. Maybe a week with Keith Gisser here or Sharon Rerick or whatever. But I'm on the road eight weeks. And you're working Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, two shows Friday, two shows Saturday usually. And then maybe you got a Sunday show or not. You might be off a couple of days. If you're lucky, you can fill it in, whatever. But do that eight weeks in a row. I don't give a fuck, man. You will either come back funny or selling Xerox paper. Yeah, yeah. Seriously. Oh, Yoder One gigs, of the two. Yoder gigs are the uh, the, the real it's mash. It's yeah. mash. Yeah. You want to get funny? Go on the road to places where people are where regular. Yep. Yep. That's it. One nighters. Want to know if you're fucking funny? Go do one nighters and then do. And if you're lucky, by the way, in that week you might get like the you might get a week of chaplains as an opener. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that was like, oh, I'm working chaplains. You know, and then you're in fucking Traverse City sleeping under a fucking sheet. No, I'm not kidding. A plastic sheet. <laughs> I hope kidding. it wasn't in the winter. It was. I showed up to a gig in the wintertime. There's a fucking, f- fucking truth. Jack owned this club in Traverse City. Two shows Friday, two shows Saturday. One show Thursday. And I literally rolled in with the headliner. I was a feature act. You walked into the condo. No bullshit. It was freezing cold. Things were patched up, like duct taped and shit. Ugh. And he's showing you around. And he pulls out this thing from under the bed. And it is a plastic clear fucking drop cloth like a thick plastic drop cloth and he goes and you're going to use this just in case because you know sometimes the snow or if it rains you know it may leak in so make sure you put this over the blanket because you know it's the rainy season and we're in the winter time winter time winter time here yeah and now this guy by the way killer club but the stage was like imagine that coffee table Mm-hmm. Times two with the ridges on it going all the way around and milk crates pressed against Ugh. the edges of it. Whole, yeah. Oh, yeah. Terrible. Fucking Traverse Jesus. City, Michigan. Yeah, but once again, and then I, you, I'm working with Bill Hicks. You know, I mean, like, I'm working, seriously, I did that run a million times. I worked with all kinds of guys. You fucking. Yeah, some fucking funny shit guys oh, and man. some guys who were bartenders in clubs that. Stole everybody else's jokes, but you learn what's funny and what's not, man. I remember I was working a club, and uh, first time I worked it, I walk into the condo, and it's nice. It's a decent condo, and uh, do you know Lance Montalto? I know Lance Montalto. Oh my god, I just saw him. That's when I met him. I met him at that uh, show in Vegas. Don't eat the mayonnaise. Is that the same guy? <laughs> I think tall guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. First time I meet Lance is at this condo. I walk in, and uh, there's a ki- like right when you walk in, there's a kitchen area to the right. A, ba- a bedroom to the left, and then another bedroom on the like a living room area, then another bedroom on the other side. So two bedrooms. So I walk into the living room and I see Lance on the couch. I'm like, "Hey, man!" He goes, "Hey, how you doing?" I'm Lance. Like, hey, I'm Flip. And I turn to the first bedroom. I go, "Is this mine?" He goes, "No, no, no. That's uh, that's mine." And I go, "Okay, so that's mine over there." He goes, "No, no. That's where the club owner sleeps." So I go, w- "Where do I go?" And he points to this bed in the middle of the living room. Ah. Oh. And I look at him, I go, are you serious? He goes, yeah. you didn't know? I go, no. So he calls up the club owner, and the club owner wasn't going to come until the weekend. So he goes, all right, I spoke to the owner. I'll take his room for now. 
<clears throat> you take that room, and then when he comes in on the weekend, we'll switch between the bed out here and the bed. He was Lance was very good to me. But I worked that club a few more times as a feature, and I had right. to sleep in that fucking bed well, in the living room. I never slept under the plastic sheet because my first time there, the guy I was working with, who I'm actually friends with on Facebook to this day, uh, he actually said to uh, the club owner, he goes, we're not sleeping in here. You're going to give us each 40 bucks a night for a room, or we're not. We're going on. I was literally, I was the feature act. He was a headliner. I was riding with him. I just shut up about it when he pulled the blanket out. You know, I, I didn't know what to say. I was I, like, I, okay. I, yeah, and that, that guy was like, in my no. career, I might have done the same thing. Yeah, he got us into a hotel. Like, that, do you remember the, the headliner was? Yeah. Uh, if you give me a minute, I'll, I, I will tell you his name if you give me a minute, all right? But uh, he's definitely out of the Midwest, <clears throat> and I totally... I blanked out as I was about to say it. I totally took a fucking brain fart. No, it's all right. You've been you've been smoking alley shit. She had some more. She, will you? Do you want to do a dab? Do you want to do a dab? Did you say that on the line? Are we allowed to say that on the air? You can, can say whatever say you want to say. I am a medical marijuana patient, and I do as have are a we all. We and all are. Allison, we talk. We. I have Allison a very smokes serious on the show problem. all the time. Yeah, so. no, we do it all the time. Please, yeah. we talk about it all the time. That's so funny. If you would rather not talk about it, we. Could not, and we could. What? I'm not out. not out. Huh? By the way, I said I'm not. I, I said I have gout. <laughs> See, it's there's medical. I hey, I tell you all these road stories are giving me the gout. The gout, something fierce. The gout. Uh, by the way, talking about stories, uh, before we went on the air, you were telling me that Saturday night at the Improv, Sifta, Sifta. Sif? I don't know what was I saying. Well, sad. This past Saturday night, um, oh, we Chasler were both and I on were both on the Late Show at the at Melrose. Right. Excuse me. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, Jew Flem, and um, I went up quick. I went up early, and then I kind of ducked out of there because I was tired. But you were saying I should have stuck around because it. I'm just saying it got fun. The what played as nine people really was like thirty scattered around. You know, like when you don't like a meal. I did this. I go, you know when you don't like a meal and you kind of like to fool your parents like you ate, you sort of like push the food around the plate to yeah. make it look like there's less food than there really is? Well, that was sort of like the effect at the Oh, end. that's funny. Yeah, because I walked on stage and I went like, what the fuck, man? There's like, this is like a fucking landing strip on a pussy. And then like all these little things are like dots from ingrowns. And oh, that's shit. funny. You know, <laughs> so you call the audience pussy. It'll, well, better than that. I'd rather be called a pussy than big dick. That's you know? a good point. How uh, can I say? Pussy's so yummy and sweet and pink and soft Cunt. and delicious. And, well, now that's my third grade teacher. Totally different story. Oh, shit. There we go. <laughs> it's all of our third grade teachers. Actually, really fifth. Mrs. Bashkoff was awesome. I did have a teacher named Mrs. Bitchkoff. Bashkoff. Bashkoff. <laughs> we, all, we all had a Bitchkoff. So, <laughs> so try not to be a fun show then. It it was a great well yeah it was it turned out to be great because I I had a good set I was happy with my set that night it was fun I'm telling you I actually got pulled aside by several including Avery outside who went dude and I went that's what you do yeah that's where you can't come from you know I came from two people at the Laugh Factory at five to two in the morning after Jamie put up the busboy from Greenblatt's the gardener oh. the dude at the fucking seventy six stage I'm serious because Mark Price brought me in there. And everybody turned out to like me. Jamie made me a fucking scapegoat. And to this day, he still does. You don't really? see me work the factory. I started there. I never worked the factory. I, 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 
I don't work there either. I started there. And I'm telling you, when I started, I used to sit in the back of the room. And he would put up everybody. I mean, his accountant would be there doing time. And at 5 to 2 in the morning, when there were two people left, no shit, and I can't count how many times, I went up in front of two fucking people and I just worked material. Pretending I was a stand-up comedian. Hey! How you, I was an actor. I was 20, 21 years old, you know? I didn't know what fucking comedy was. We all, I, dude, we I, all do that. I thought, like, you had to act like a comedian. <laughs> so I would walk on stage like, hey, how you guys doing? You know What's what the mean? deal? What's the deal? Yeah, Seinfeld was huge at the time, and brick walls were everywhere. everywhere. It's oh. funny because it's true. I remember, actually, um, I have, like, uh, my very first time on stage doing comedy when I was, like, 18, and I had written my own material, but I didn't know how to present it yet. So I was basically mimicking all the comics exactly. I watched on TV. All these 80s comics. I had a big sports coat on with a tie. You too? Dude, I had a jacket. I swear to God. It was called The Jacket. The okay, Jacket. Now, I bought this jacket at some place on La Brea. And literally, it was just black and white speckled. The whole jacket was black and white speckled. God, I wish I knew where it was. It could be in a box somewhere. But I couldn't go on without this jacket. From the first time I used it, I went on stage, and the joke was, I know what you're thinking, because everybody knows what the audience is thinking. I said, I know what you're thinking, and I turned around, and I go, TV at 3 a.m. Oh, static? Now, nobody knows what the fuck. You could never do that joke now, but in 1986... It was killer. Crushing opening joke. This, I mean, was, this was my I know what you're thinking joke, because I used to... Um, like, a lot younger. Everyone's got, you know. Oh, yeah. I know and, what you're thinking. And uh, I, I would wear my glasses on stage. If go, Gilligan and yeah, so-and-so my, my, and Bob Day had a baby. Mine was if Skippy and Woody Allen had a kid. <laughs> if Skippy, and you said Mark Price, yeah, and Woody Allen. Had a baby. First time I actually saw Mark was at the, the Soul Club in uh, West Palm Beach called the Comedy Corner. And you're like, you're my opening joke. <laughs> I, I did. I met him after. I met him after, and uh, I was so nervous because he was, like, one of the first, like, big comics I met from TV and and I said uh, I actually do a joke for you and Woody Allen and that's man and he's like oh that's great thanks a lot was I do you know what year this was was I there <sighs> I mean this, I opened for Mark literally for almost five years this would have had to have been I was working there so 90 done I think I let's say 86 I'm, I think 90 I was done for. Oh, Mark. no, no. This was mid-90s. Oh, yeah. Like 97, done. maybe. 96. Oh, no. Yeah. After he couldn't. After I got. True story. We were on the road in Iowa. And this really good looking girl. I wasn't even talking to her. But she. Mark wanted to hang out with her after the show very badly. But apparently she didn't want to hang out with Mark. She didn't want Skippy. She wanted Richie. She wanted Skippy's friend. Skippy the friend? I've got, I, got, I was the friend of the friend. I actually, but when that happened, Mark literally said to me the next day, you, you can't come on the road with me anymore. You're too funny and you're getting all the girls. Oh, my God. I At least swear, he was honest about it. I swear to God. You know, that's hilarious. At least he's honest about story. it. Most other guys would just never call you again. He might I've deny it, but I would, you could hook me up to a lie detector test. I oh, will I tell you that story 40 times. I, and I know Mark, Shh, and I love Mark, but I, I don't I, doubt that. I could see that girl, too. That, this actually happened to me. Um, I was working in Atlanta at the Punchline <clears throat> with Larry the Cable Guy. Ugh. And this is like when he was 
drawing well in the clubs, but he hadn't hit it huge yet. Oh. He was still, it was right before the Blue Collar movie first came out. As a matter of fact, I remember going to lunch with him, and he said, yeah, I just uh, recorded my voice for this new Disney movie called Cars. It's about talking cars. They uh, heard my CD, and they said my voice was perfect for this character. So this is before anything. And, um, oh, wait, Chassler's, uh, I'll take it. I'll do, I'll do it. Just oh, uh, Chassler was scared of the bong. Uh, you guys, apparently, you kill and then bury your guests. Is that correct? <laughs> That's her. I don't, I don't touch her happens? stuff. You just, des- you dismember us, and then anybody who drives a 2013 or later, you just, <laughs> just take the car. Take the, the car. Yeah. For Have you seen what Flip drives? You know, there's well, a let's not get on that. I was know, there's it. a difference between, you know, sitting around the room, bullshitting and casually smoking a nice doobie. Well, you don't and, have you know, to do it just because she's Being force-fed wax. Don't smoke it. I'm kidding. <laughs> do not smoke it. What did I do? You get you. You gave just said no. I just you said. You Nancy Reagan. I did. said, you know, to me, that my old. I used to do a joke. You know what? Don't just say no. Say maybe a little. A taste. Just maybe, just a little. Just a schmeck. To, a a to go. Just a little to go. I'll do it later. Maybe I'll share it so there's less for me. How's That's that? That's very nice. <laughs> A quick swig. A quick little swig. What was I talking? I was talking about Larry Cable Guy. Larry the Cable Guy uh, in so, Atlanta. Okay, so uh, long story boring. Um, after the like, I get off stage and hey, one, man. Of the, one of the uh, servers comes up to me and goes, uh, "Hey, there's a girl over there. She uh, she was asking about you. Like she she thinks you're really cute." And I was like, "Ah, oh, cool." So, come to find out, Larry. She was a friend of Larry's. He invited Yikes. her to the show. Long story even shorter. I end up fucking her, back at the hotel room. But we took a cab. I didn't have a car. We took a cab back to the hotel. And her ride was this guy that was into her. When she was all over me, he just left her. So we're at the hotel. It was a uh, that that night of fucking was awkward in and of itself. Because that, Larry was there. No. <laughs> Sorry. Get her done, Flip. Get her done. Man, let me tell you something, Flip. Flip. No, you want you. That's funny, right there. I don't care. Who that you are. I don't care. Who I don't you care are. who you are, man. That's funny there. I don't care who you are. <laughs> nice. Um, I'll actually tell you what happened. It was awkward. She and I were That's fucking, nice. and I'm, I'm, I'm fucking her. And she goes, um, "Hey, she starts, she, she, no, <laughs> she no, she starts, she starts going, oh, fuck me like you don't know me. Fuck you like me don't know me.' And in my head, I'm thinking, I well, I don't. <laughs> so I am. And I almost said it, but I'm like, no, 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 don't, don't ruin this. And then she starts crying. And but she's still saying it. She's you like, know, "Fuck me, like you don't know me." And I'm like, "Oh, kiss the boner goodbye. Who touched you?" Well, you know, depending on the level of perversion, the person sitting in this chair could go like, "Oh my god, that's so perfect." So hot. <laughs> so Keep talking till till it's slower. <laughs> like you don't know me. Oh. Fuck. Yeah. No. So it turns out she was just she apparently had oh. never done anything like this and felt that's like so guilty. Anyway, the next day we couldn't figure out how to get her home because again I didn't have a car. She didn't want to call her mom to pick her up. So I call Larry. I call his hotel, and he goes, uh, he goes, hi, Flip. I go, hey, Larry, there's uh, somebody, uh, somebody wants to talk to you. And she gets on the phone, hi, Larry, it's me, blah, blah, blah. So then she gives me the phone, and the first thing he, go, he, goes, first thing he says, he goes, well, this is a switch. The headliner brings a girl in the feature, fucks her. But he was, he was cool about it, and he actually lent me his car to drive her back. Jeez, so. what a nice friend. He was very nice. Last time you opened for Larry? Last time yes, I opened for Larry. Very, <laughs> yes. Very. Yeah, that's when that was uh yeah. You know it's over. 
And by the way, that's what, and I try to explain this to these people these days. They were like, well, how do you know when you're ready to headline? First of all, when the person can't follow you and you're fucking the headliner's chicks. When those <laughs> two things are happening, it's time for you to be headlining. Be a headliner. Because that means you're funnier than yeah. the person who's closing the show. But... Or now, better but looking. now, but nowadays, it's not just that. Now it's like, well, you might be funnier, but if they're more popular, you're still going to be the feature for mm. them. Because sadly, it's all about the business and not about the now show. Now it's like the social media. Like how many? Look, followers? they're always. I'm not going to bullshit. The even back then, there was always the screech factor. <laughs> okay. <gasps> And I can I can attest to it because I opened. I love that term. I, well, I've never heard that before. Well, I just wrote it. I opened I lo- the screech I, factor. The screech I love factor. That. You mean like I, Dustin Diamond screech? Y- yeah. In other words, he's saying even if even you're not funny, if you, you can, can bring still the headline. people. Mark Price was selling tickets, and yeah. I know because I was on the road with Mark for four and a half years. That's a weird number. I'll tell you why in a second. Um, clicking at the door before a show started, counting heads because we had door deals. Door deals I learned yeah. an awful lot about this business. I will say from Mark because he was represented by Spotlight at the time. Okay. And um, they had everybody. Seinfeld, and that was J.P. Williams. Mm-hmm. Uh, F- Bob Williams, his uncle. Okay. You, you know J.P. from... Uh, J.P.'s Larry's guy and Billingvall and all those guys. And yeah. He's got, he's yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, the, the... Foxworthy. F- yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's got all those guys. So And Jody Lieberman works for him. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. From Comedy Central. Correct. No, Jody Lieberman, the manager. Oh, redhead. I guess. I mean, she's Jewish, so she could change her hair color. Yeah, I, I might this be thinking of somebody. Inside, guys. Sorry, this sorry, is sorry. Inside. Forgot to. Well, she's just right supposed to agree. Yes. Yes. By the way, in radio, you're just supposed to agree <laughs> to move it forward, even if you don't. You're right. Sorry, I forgot the improv. By the yes, way, and did I mention I don't know Lance? What's his fuck? Montal? No, I don't. You don't but know you Lance ask, Montalto? I say yes, and the story moves. Oh, uh, look oh. at that. You are a good actor. <laughs> Holy shit, I can't... I we really thought is... you knew Lance, My damn it. God. I'm a pro. No, it's okay. It can stay a little inside, but when it was like... <laughs> is it the girl with the red hair? With the red hair. You guys are adorable. Hi there. I'm just going to steer this boat. I'm just going to steer the boat back in this direction. But anyway, the screech factor's always existed because yes. I opened for Mark Price for four years on the road. The screech factor, I love that. The screech factor is, is always Has there. Has always been there. And it's so funny. So like, and, and big crowds? Mark? No, screech. Well, he did in first. In smaller rooms. In smaller rooms, yes. It's like in, in one night or weekend rooms, Dustin Diamond could he probably sell. 500 sell. tickets. Yeah. You know? Even even today in a small room, he, he would never do the improv or anything like that. Because it's still like a novelty. Everybody exactly. wants to see right. it. Right, exactly. exactly. It's screech. You know, you're paying to see. It's, so it's kind of like a race car. It's kind of like a car race. Yeah, it's kind of like a zoo. You're, you're just seeing an exhibit. Yeah, but you're also waiting to see it crash. <laughs> no, I think people generally went there believing he was going to be funny. Oh, That's I, the fuck I'd pay. Thing. I'd pay the 20 bucks like I was going to the Indianapolis 500. I swear yeah. to fucking God, I'd be waiting for that fiery fucking... No, no, we would. We, oh, yeah, we would. <laughs> we would. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. But regular but audience human, is yeah, like, oh, Screech is going to be there. We should... Oh, I bet he's going to be so funny and have that half, wacky little hair. Half the fun is would be standing there listening to that. Oh. <laughs> Come on. I could just... I mean, I've never seen him, but I've heard that... Actually, where was I? I was working somewhere in like around Wichita years ago, and uh, the room was like... It was a dead weekend. And the bartender server there was like, oh, man, last week we had Screech in here, and he was selling it out. Like, well, you're not helping my ego right now. Go fuck yourself. Well, it's because they finally got that show on syndication wherever they're at. So they're like, look at this. 
I don't know. Whatever. Just... Well, speaking, <laughs> of, off, speaking so. of guys who used to sell rooms, it's time for a little part of the show, Richard. Oh. I hope you're ready for this. Yes. I love little parts of the show. This yes. is a little part of the show. This is called... my favorite part of the show. This, this is everybody's favorite part of the I show. I love the little part of the show. <laughs> this is, my friend, the Skippy Green Show. Oh, is he here? It's the Skippy Green Show. Richard Chastler, you son of a fuck. I didn't even see you come in. You were in the bedroom and then I'm in the bedroom. walk I was, out. Yeah, I was fucking uh, Ellie's cousin. Unbelievable. Everybody fucks Ellie's cousin. No, everybody yeah. fucks Ellie. His Allie. name is That's... Robert Pryor. Oh, look at her. That's why she middles. All right. <laughs> I don't want to say everybody's fucked Ellie, but you know, it, oh, pussy kid? looks like a spray-painted gang wall in Queens. <laughs> Thank pussy. you. Yes. Her pussy's been fucking destroyed so many times, Al-Qaeda took credit for it. Her uh. pussy's been destroyed so many times, it was in the movie Battleship. Nice. <laughs> Her pussy looks like a hippopotamus yawning. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. That's how fucked up that nasty gash is. Matter of fact, I'm somebody so had a... i you guys so, remember it. Somebody had a great uh, description. <laughs> she said... It. They said, Allie's pussy is like 9-11. It is, because it's filled with iron ore. It looks like melted iron ore. You need protection to get near it. And I swear to God, I saw somebody jump from it rather than go back inside. Uh, your pussy is so big, they're putting two Starbucks in it. That's right. No, they're adding a third now. <laughs> Thank That's you. how popular it is. Oh. Yes. Oh, all right, Richie Chas, are you ready for this? Wow, he called me Richie. That's ballsy. Go ahead. Of course, it's ballsy. Well, it's Skippy, you know, Skippy, Skippy Ballsy Green. Skippy Green. That's his middle name. Uh, all right, all right. Ricky Ricardo, here's how it goes. I'm going to ask you a question, and you've got to answer the question in ten words exactly. Are you paying attention? My sister calls me that. Go ahead. Really? Yes. I fucked her, too. Oh, I, I love Who it. hasn't? Good point. <laughs> I answer love this it. question in ten words exactly. Ten words or less? No, no, no. Exactly. Oh, in ten words. Exactly. Not eleven, not nine, ten. Now watch Allie. She'll be your fingers. All right, you ready? I was going to say, I can't do the 10 while I'm holding the mic, but whatever. Put the mic down, you dumb twint. If you could fuck any comic with the screech factor, (laughs) who would it be and why? 10 words exactly. Any comic with the screech factor. Who would it be and, and why? why? Does that limit male or female, sir? It could be anybody. I love it. Good question. Shut up. <laughs> I would fuck Whitney Cummings. She's not funny, but hot. <laughs> That's a goddamn good that answer. Was pure, that was beautiful. It's the Well done, sir. Well, well done. done, my friend. You think oh, Whitney's geez. got the screech factor? Where did Skippy No, go? she's funny. <laughs> <laughs> she lays me out. Comics rush into the room when she goes on stage. Oh, my God. Not Kindler, though. Not Sandler. Not Judd. Whitney. They run for Whitney. What is she going to do? Fucking still not hire me? <laughs> I'm sure she tunes in. Oh, to this? Yeah. Big fan. Oh, yeah. Big she's fan. our number sure. one fan. I'm we should have sure. told you that. Oh, well, then, if you like That's to That's why get... we're still in the living room doing this show. 
Just I'd like kidding. to. I'm going with the flow, man. You threw stuff. Perfect. No, no that, that was a great answer, that my was friend. Perfect. Thank that you. Was, that was awesome. Richard and not Chast- even a stumble. Did you hear? It no. Just, he was right And right it. at 10 words. Man. Yeah. I almost fucked Whitney Cummings. By the way, where'd Skippy go? Hmm? He went back to fuck your cousin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Come on, his dick Robert, can only Robert stay Robert hard for about You know when the theme priest. song comes back on, he's gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that's how it is. That's his he's bookmark. He's that quick. I know. He I've had him in the sack before. <laughs> I love it when she tries to do a Skippy impression. <laughs> that, You're that's so his, cute. That, no, that's his sister. Sla- Slappy, Slappy Green. Slappy Green. Slappy Green. Or Skanky. The other sister, Skanky Green. How about Skezzy Green? No, I like Skanky. I think Skanky's the winner. Skanky? Skanky's the best sister Skanky's of them good. all. You know what this is? Some Bob Nelson doing his bird impression? Slappy drying off after a shower. <laughs> that, that sort of is, yeah. Well, he's Flip, his brother is Flop, and Sorry. I'm Flap. It's appropriate. It's very oh appropriate. Oh my god. Richard Chastler, dude, thanks so much for coming yeah. by to do it's this. Over. Man. It's oh yeah. it's yeah, oh. we've been we go we actually have gone longer than we usually go. That's how much fun we've been having, man. All right. Uh where can people find you by the way? Online, Twitter, all that uh, fun shit? Yeah, I uh, don't tweet, by the way, I twat. Duh. Actually, I'm not on Twitter. I'm on Clitter, by the way. Hello. For all the women out there. I'm on Shitter, which I is just am, a bathroom wall. Which is, yeah, but you know, you've got good reading material. Yes, it is. Um, <laughs> you find me online at richardchastler.com. You'll find me on Twitter at Richard Chastler. And you can actually find me, I host a show on Tuesdays uh, on the John Lovitz Comedy Network, JLCN.TV. Nice. Called The Grapes of Laugh. I've been on it. It's fabulous. And Allison was Super actually fun. a guest on our first show. Excellent. That's right. Oh, yes, she was. And she came on and sang Dirty Songs. And uh, that's at JLCN.TV. It's a great show, guys. It's so a lot in. of fun. It's really fun. It's well, a lot of fun. It's a one-hour talk show with wine tasting. It's, well, it could Look, we've got the pot show here. He's got the freaking wine show there. Every it's vice awesome. you can imagine. We'll yeah. keep you high. Yes. We'll <laughs> Anyway, the Twitter for that is at whining aloud, W I N I N G A L O U D. Love and it. That's where you'll find Rich Chasler. Excellent. Look for Rich. Uh, and definitely, if you're around the LA area or whatever schedule takes him, go out and see Richard. He's really an amazingly funny comic. <laughs> uh, Allie, people know where to find you at? At AllisonComedy.com or like at AllisonComedy Twitter or like Dirty Guitar Girl. There you go. And of course, you guys know where you can find me, uh, flipisfunny.com, at Flip Schultz on Twitter. And I'm sure I mentioned this in the uh, uh, pre-intro to the show, but I got a brand new CD. It was just released. It's called Welcome to Elbow. And you can order the CD uh, at my website, or you can download it off of cdbaby.com, amazon.com, and iTunes. The Amazon and iTunes will be available December 1st. I don't know when this is going up, so hopefully it's already up. But definitely at cdbaby.com, you can order. Nice. What? Welcome to Elbow. I know. I'm going nice. on about my old you, shit. And uh, definitely in the schedule's up, so you can uh, get a yeah, lot of great shows coming guest? up. What's that? I said, yeah, who was the guest? No, I'm just kidding. And Richard Chastler well, I could said be Richard Chastler. <laughs> and people, I can also be said. <laughs> Uh, you can Alex. find out all the fun stuff at our websites. And guys, thank you again this was for great. listening. Thank, dude, thanks thank again you for, coming, for coming, coming by. And Anytime. we'll see you guys next week. Bye bye. What's for dinner? What's for dinner? What, what's for dinner? Talking, talking about what's ever on their minds. Talking, talking about what's ever on their minds. Talking, talking about what's ever on their minds.